This is Runehammer. Somewhere in the central United States, deep in the shadows of a book-filled basement in a forgotten corner, a young girl, no older than 13 years old, crouches in the shadows. Surrounded by ancient tomes, she says only two words over and over. Lost in a trance of creativity, ideas cascading into rivulets of creative alternative. The two words, RPG Mainframe. Once again with the RPG mainframe. It's the mainframe. It's not the subframe. This is the mainframe right here. Yo, we are back with episode 19. Can you believe that? There have been 19 episodes of RPG Talks. Well, formerly known as RPG Talks. Anyway, wow. Hello, everybody. I've got a dandy today for your listening pleasure, whether it be on the commute in the headphone, wherever. Welcome back to Runehammer. Thank you, patrons, for supporting, and welcome everybody new who's been showing up in the past few weeks. Great to have you in the shield wall. We're almost 400 strong now, which is crazy to even think about. I think when I set up that 500 uh, patron goal, I was just like, I'm just going to put this here. This will never happen. <laughs> but you know, Wow. So anyways, what are we talking about today? We got a big episode coming for episode 20. That's going to be next week. 20 RPG talks. It's just crazy. Um, but that's going to be an all mailbag episode with a couple of surprises. So we're going to save a couple of uh, little mailbag gems uh, for next week. And this week we are just talking about a single multifaceted topic that has really uh, sort of almost accidentally surfaced as a, as a clutch lifestyle or technique in recent weeks for me and I wanted to share it with everybody but it's taken me four or five weeks to really congeal my thoughts into something useful and I think I'm finally ready to go and this concept is called prep as play prep as play another one of my goofball alliterations <laughs> it's like mnemonic devices to help me remember things um prep as play so basically the the fundamental idea here is the uh usage of your game session time, your actual game night time to do your prep. Not beforehand, not on a different day, not on your lunch break, not the week beforehand. Nope, right during your game session. So you must be crazy hankering for an out. My, my dream here was to get the DM enjoying game night just like a player, i.e. they just show up and begin having fun with the RPG hobby. They haven't done all this homeworky existence beforehand. They haven't done all this sort of secret work where they're, you know, you guys know this sort of stereotype where like the DM is doing all this kind of work, this homework feeling stuff, and the players just kind of show up and get to have fun, right? And there's a division there. Well, I want to get rid of that division. Now, I didn't set out to say 
you know, DM prep should be part of a game session. I, I never even, never really crossed my mind. I mean, you do your DM prep at the bar, right? With a nice beer and your journal. You guys have seen all my posts like that. But just on total accident in recent times, I got myself in over my head with games. So I already had two weekly games going. And then for reasons I'll never understand, I decided I needed to do this dungeon called the Eyes of Odium, right? With my ICRPG group. And so I get to working on it. I'm thinking, ooh, I like this. This, is, this feels like a cool little dungeon. It's just a simple series of tunnels, traps, and monsters. You know, but there's just something, something here. And then, hey, guys, you want to just do this on Wednesday nights? Yeah, sure. And then suddenly I was like, oh, what did I just start? Oh, my God. I actually have to do this stuff now. I found myself over my head. I didn't have time to do the prep I wanted to do. And then, bang, it's game night. And I'm sitting down. I'm there just a hair early. And my guys are starting to show up. And I'm building the first sort of set of encounters as people are showing up. And the first time I did it, I was kind of in a total panic. I was like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm shirking my duties as a DM. Like I'm barely slipping by by the skin of my pants here. But after doing it for six sessions, doing this sort of prep during the beginning of a game session, I realized, man, this is the way to live. And I've read about some other dungeon masters doing this before, but I never really had, uh, I guess you could say the guts or the nerve to do it this way. I would prepare days in advance and sort of think about stuff and, and sort of be ready, right? But what I want to propose in this mainframe talk is you're going to get a lot out as a dungeon master out of trying this technique. This technique means simply not doing your prep until you show up for game night, you sit down, you start doing your stuff, and as people are trickling in and beginning to arrive, you're starting to finish your prep. Okay, hankering for one thing, you're nuts. There's no way I can get my proper prep done in that kind of environment in that much time. And like, I, you're, you're kind of crazy. And so I want to give you, I want to give you two things here to sort of walk you through what happened to me and what I experienced. And the first is sort of the best practices that I discovered as I was starting to embrace this lifestyle. You know, what, how can you make the most of this limited and sort of exposed time to do your prep? And then secondly, what I like to call the dividends. Oh yeah. And this is kind of answering, what am I going to get out of this? This sounds kind of risky and a little bit, you know, a little bit uh, out on the edge, a little bit skin of the teeth. What am I going to get out of this? This sounds kind of gnarly. And it's also, it's, the dividends are a way for me to convince you to give it a try. It's kind of like saying, here's what you're going to get. Here's what's going to change and what you're going to discover. At least it's what I discovered as I started to embrace integrating my DM prep time right into game night. So first of all, one of the best practices here, okay? So you're going to sit down. If, you're, if your game session is at 7 o'clock, you're going to sit down right around 6, and you're going to start preparing that night of gameplay, right? So what can you do in that amount of time to get the most out of it? My first guiding principle here is to focus on purpose, the purpose of the night. This should take at least half of your prep time that you have reacquainting yourself with adjusting and establishing the purpose of the night. What is the purpose that the players face? What is the, the reason the monsters are so hell-bent on killing them? What is the, the reason that this dungeon is here in the first place? What is the, the goal that is forcing these players to put their bodies at risk to achieve? What, what is the fundamental purpose of this night of gameplay? Now, the reason that I hound on this so much is that if you have a really strong sense of the purpose 
Then, as things change and evolve, you can answer player questions and adapt to changing situations with a great deal of flexibility and a great deal of nuance and subtlety and richness because your understanding of the purpose is more important than your understanding of anything superficial. You know the answers. You know the whole truth, and that is the purpose. And so all the little details and the branches and the this, that, and the other thing can be inferred from that purpose. So that's where you put a bunch of your prep. Okay, secondly, and everybody does this, I hope, you need to refresh your details. So you've got your purpose, you, you remember what we're doing, the fundamental drive of what this is all about, and then you need to refresh your details. Okay, I think the group is right here on this corner. Uh, this door was still locked, this one was burned out, and there's like some goblin corpses back here. Oh yeah, and uh, the fighter was like half hit points, and they were kind of panicking about, okay, I think I, I'm back in the moment. Okay, so see, that just takes a matter of minutes to get right back to where the action left off. So just refresh your details. Now, this one is fun. This is your chance to now change what you had planned or what you thought you saw coming to create more variety between the sessions or to be reactive to unexpected player actions. So let's say last session, they kind of derailed things and foobarred things a little bit. They went kind of where you never thought they would. And this is your chance now to make a quick adaptation and to switch it up a little bit, which you never could have seen coming if you plan more than one session ahead of, uh, at a time, right? So here's your chance to go like, oh, we were going to go kind of right down here, but we just fought so many enemies, I'm going to put a little hallway right here, right? If this is your chance to make a nice little change to either create variety or to make uh, player actions really have results. Next, give yourself a one-hour time limit. You only get one hour of in-game session prep time. So if your game is at seven, you sit down at six, you start getting your feel of your purpose again, you're running over the details, then people are showing up, they're making popcorn, they're getting the beer in the fridge, you know, we're putting sodas out, and like, during this time, you guys are kind of chit-chatting and you're, you're moving through your prep. But the one-hour rule is important. If you're gonna do prep as part of your game session, your game is at seven and you show up at noon, that, that doesn't count. You're back in that, like, homeworky kind of secret layer mindset. And what I'm trying to do is shake you loose of that. I'm trying to say, nope, you get to show up at the game session just like everybody does, sit down and begin being a dungeon master. You're not being a dungeon master off in some other location in some other time. It's on game night. You get one hour. And then finally, get used to friends around. This is, and this goes in the best practices. You, you will get better as a DM prepper. If you have your friends around, there's a little bit of a distraction, but also an excitement. There's a little bit of, of kind of exposure, right? Because your creative process is happening right in front of other people. That can be intimidating sometimes. But there's also this feeling of support and, and of transparency. And we're going to talk about that, a little more about that later. But this is definitely part of the best practices, is practice doing DM prep with people around. Now, I, I know that this may not sound you know, world shattering. But if you think in detail about it, it is kind of intimidating to sit down and be making your monster cards and kind of getting your rooms ready and kind of thinking, oh man, I wonder what the twist is with this weird NPC. Oh, that's what it is. But there are also other people having cross talk and maybe they're saying hi and telling you about their work day and stuff and you're getting this done. This may seem difficult and high pressure, but if you do it, you're gonna get what we're about to talk about next, which is the dividends, if you face these uncertainties. Okay, so best practices recap. Focus on the purpose. Put most of your time in the fundamental purpose of what's going on. Quickly refresh yourself on details. 
make some changes to enhance variety or answer unexpected player actions from the previous session. Give yourself one hour and one hour only to do this entire thing I'm describing. And have your friends around. Get used to having friends around, crosstalk and activity while you're doing prep. These are my best practice bullets for integrating your DM prep into your game night play. Okay, Hank Green, it's a little crazy. You know, I like to run a tight game. I don't like to do a bunch of improv and I like my prep to be airtight and really dope. And you're asking me to do it like on the spot right before the session. And like, you're a little crazy. Why would I do that? Here's that answer. Here's the dividends, i.e. what you're going to get out of this lifestyle. Because in a lot of ways, it does go against how many dungeon masters prepare their games. This is almost counterintuitive in some ways. I mean, I just get to show up on game night like a player and just start being the DM. I haven't done all this stuff ahead of time. That's exactly what I'm suggesting. Okay, the first big dividend that you're going to get is you will become more skilled at offering and manifesting real substantive choices for your players, even if they're mid-session. And what do I mean by this? It's that, you know, you know, the holy grail for a player in a D&D world is that their actions and decisions fundamentally change the course of events. Now, the further the gap between your prep and your execution of a game, the more rigid your concept of what the game becomes and the less ready to adapt you are. But if you're already used to doing your prep as part of game night with everyone around, and then your players make this wildly unexpected decision and you can answer it, you can answer those choices by actually modifying the night, this isn't a panic moment for you. This is normal stuff. Even if you just call a brief recess, say, hey guys, I, I never thought you were going to go down in the courtyard. That's insane. So Everybody take a 15-minute soda break, beer break, go out backyard, smoke them if you got them, and I'm going to get this next little section ready. Instead of that feeling like panicky improv DM craziness, this is just how you do prep. You're good to go. So you become more skilled and more calm at manifesting their choices in the world, even when they're unexpected, and even mid-session. And this is a good, good skill for you to get better at. Because the players get that feeling that their actions really matter. And the more they believe that, the more they are thoughtful and, um, you know, act with intent and with, with you know, authentic role playing. And as Martha Stewart would say, that is a good thing. Okay, the second big dividend that you're going to get from doing your prep right during game night is that you are going to be able to play from memory with great accuracy. Now, don't confuse playing from memory with improv, because as you guys know, I don't believe in improv DMing. I think it's a very flimsy way to DM, and it feels like you're just flying by the skin of your teeth and anything can happen. It doesn't have this veracity to it. It doesn't have objective reality. So when you play from memory, what that means is you just did your prep. You literally just did this monster design. So you know exactly how to run this thing in an awesome way from memory. You don't need to look at your notes or your bullets over and over, right? If you do your prep a week or two weeks before, then you're going to be playing out of notes and playing out of journal, and that's totally okay. But I can tell you, the game goes faster, it's more nuanced, it's more interesting and unpredictable when you're playing from memory. Just don't confuse improv with playing from memory. Playing from memory means you don't need to look at your books, but they are sitting there and all the data is there. But you can stay in the moment with the players. You can stay inside your NPC's minds. You can stay inside your monster's tactics because you just came up with this stuff mere moments ago, and it's fresh in your memory. 
Okay, the third big dividend you're going to get from integrating your prep into your play night is that you are going to have better adaptability to vary the intensity and challenge from session to session. This, you guys know that I only believe in planning one session at a time. And the reason of that is that because it allows you to react, right? But this is the more extreme version of that. So you arrive at game night, you remember last session, oh man, all we did was fight those frogmen for like hours. So, oh, I had another corridor down here that I had planned with like more frogmen in it. Oh man, that's terrible. I'm going to switch that up. I'm going to make a shortcut here and we're going to get down to the temple. This kind of variation on intensity or on challenge makes each night different from the last and keeps the players on their toes and also just keeps them from like getting, you know, play fatigue. And I'm sure you guys have seen this in groups where they get either battle fatigue or puzzle fatigue, pit fatigue, right? Like anything that is repeated too many times can be very fatiguing. And so since you're doing your prep right on the spot, you have the previous session context to work on. And right then and there, you can act to induce variety. You can create this rhythm of intensity and challenge that makes each week different from the last, that keeps everyone guessing and keeps them coming back for more. Okay, number four, and this one is far more pragmatic dividend that you're going to get out of putting your prep into your play session. And that is if you're like me and you're either running or playing two to three or even four, which is crazy, games a week, you know that scheduling is a big part of our hobby. It's blocking out a chunk of time to do the hobby, right? Because you've got other people you're interacting with. So you can't just do it whenever you feel like it. You have to sort of schedule out a piece of time, right? Well, by consolidating your prep block of time and your play block of time, you have exactly half the things to schedule for the week. You don't have to worry about finding time to do prep because you do prep on game night. And if you're like me and you got three games going a week, this is huge, huge, I tell you, for your sanity. Like the sanity damage of doing prep on your lunch break three days a week and doing game night three days a week. Oh, Lordy, Lord. You start to go a little bit crazy. So don't go crazy. Give it a try where you do your prep right when you show up for game night. And that way, the only thing you have to schedule in your week is your game night. You don't have to be, and you guys know this is a little bit dark, but there is a DM syndrome where they're a little bit resentful of the players because they've been putting in all this extra work and extra time and the players just sort of show up all half drunk, ready to have a beer and woo, let's have a good time. And there's a little bit of resent there. Like, you know, I'm the one doing all the work here. But if you just integrate prep as part of the play experience, then you don't have that resent. You, you, you live right in the moment, just like a player. Okay, the fifth one and absolutely the most important one, the hugest one the dividend you're going to get out of integrating your prep into your play night is that you are going to build a stronger, more meaningful bond as a, as a human being with your players with this extreme level of transparency that you're demonstrating by just prepping right in front of everybody. Now, what do I mean by this? What, you guys know how uh, essential that is to player relationships when they're sort of cleaning up their character sheets before a session, right? There's one guy saying like, hey, what was that sword? What did it do? Oh, it's right here on this page. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah, and what's this thing over here? Oh, yeah, you had like two hit points left. Remember that that Gorgon jumped out of the hole in the wall and you go, oh, yeah, cool. There's, there's a lot of like interpersonal bonding happening right there. If you're joining in that, that experience as the DM, you're more a part of the group. 
that any time that the DM is separated in a way from the group, I think it's detrimental to the hobby and to the game. It's better to have a group of people that are truly together. And you're doing your prep and you, you get stumped on something. You're like, you guys, I, I need a good name for a fig vendor. Anybody got any ideas? Somebody's like, you know, Mogglequat. You're like, oh yeah, perfect, Mogglequat. Okay, that's what it is. So not only do you get a couple answers when you get stumped, you know, you're like, uh, you guys, I'm drawing a blank here. What color is always sort of associated with evil in our world? I'm doing a little thing here. Oh, the evil stuff's always like that weird glowing green. Oh, right, okay, cool. So not only are you becoming transparent with your creative process, you're also involving your friends, your players, in your creative process. They're building little pieces of your world because you're doing it together. Now, you obviously need some privacy and some secrecy because you're an evil dungeon master, right? <laughs> but these little pieces of the puzzle that start to come together that are collaborative, that are transparent, they're gonna enhance the bond between you and your players. And I can, with authority, say, with authority, what a weird phrase, I can with certainty say that the stronger the human bond between players and between players and DM, you as an entire group, the stronger that bond, the better the hobby, the better the game. Period. No system can make your game better. No miniatures, no terrain. It's the relationship. And when that relationship is transparent and trusting and you know all the details of each other, how you got where you are, the more knowledge and transparency there is, the stronger the bond and the more you cooperate to make a night of, of legendary storytelling and adventure and fun. And so those are what I see as these five big dividends or sort of results that you're going to get by integrating your prep time right into your play session. Just to go back over them. It's, first of all, you get better at offering real choice. You are used to prepping on the fly. So if real choice happens in the game that really changes the, 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 the course of things, you're ready to adapt without a feeling of panic or not being ready. Second, you play from memory tightly. You just did your prep, so you play right out of your memory. Third, you have this brilliant skill and opportunity to vary and oscillate or modulate the intensity and challenge from session to session, and this keeps the variety just popping. Fourth, you have midweek or like multi-week game scheduling sanity boost. <laughs> You only have to worry about scheduling your game nights. You don't have to carve out time to do prep because you have integrated the two. And finally, most importantly, this bond with players as they experience you transparently doing your prep right there in front of them, even occasionally with a little bit of collaboration. You know, we've started a brand new game called Sinfall um, with my Cryfoth group. And Cam, being an awesome DM, just invited us to sit down and do some of the world building. And so we're seeing him make this sort of evil DM face occasionally, and we don't know what he's planning at those moments. But in other ones, he's like saying, okay, there's got to be a town nearby. What's that town like? What, what should we name that town? And we're all kind of sounding off, and he's just, with total transparency and, and no sort of nitpicking or judgment, he's just taking our ideas, and they go right into the world. And it gives everyone this ownership. And it also reminds everybody that there are no secrets here, that there's no secret sauce that makes the game cool. It's just you and your friends being creative and daring the creative void together. And that bond, uh, that is the stuff that our hobby is made of right there. That's the goods. And so if your prep is right there with them, I can almost guarantee that you're going to experience some of this boost in that bond. So this is really all I wanted to talk about, guys, is that I stumbled into doing my prep 
at my game session. It was just a complete accident. But then about the third time, I was like, I really like doing this. This, not only am I happier, I think I'm doing a better job and a more precise and adaptive job at being a dungeon master. And that skill actually became so calm, I was starting to be able to build the next room while we were finishing playing the previous one. Because I started getting used to the, the sort of small amount of effort that was required, the amount of detail that I would need to run a legitimate room. And every once in a while, I would be a little too slow and I'd have to say, hey guys, 10 minute bio break. I got to get this next little space figured out because things kind of took a crazy turn there, <laughs> right? But that phrase, things took a crazy turn there, that's when players know what they're doing matters. And boy, that, that just glues the game together. So give it a try. Think about your bullet listing techniques, your index card techniques, how you use your journal, how you use Roll20. Can all these things be streamlined and simplified so that you can just walk into your game session like some you know, vagrant player who's just showed up to have fun and you sit down and begin the prep for the night? As the murmur and the orchestra is tuning, you're sitting there pulling it together and then the curtain goes up and you're ready. And be able to do that skill without A, just improvising it all because that's just flimsy and B, panicking and feeling underprepared. So when you're good at this, it won't be flimsy and you won't panic. You will know how to master the art of prep as play. So thanks for tuning in once again, everybody. This is Hankering for Nail for Runehammer. And thank you, everybody, for your ongoing support. Um, if you noticed, uh, uh, then thumb balloon to you. But I, thanks to you guys' support, I have vastly upgraded my audio technology. So now not only can I record podcasts anywhere I want and get this kind of great audio, it's just very reliable, very portable, and the quality is far better no matter what room I may be in. So that audio is also going to come to YouTube. And it's just another great thing as we are climbing steadily toward 500 patrons, which is just craziness. <laughs> That's a lot of subscribers. <laughs> so thanks everybody for tuning in and all your support. And hey, may your dice roll high. I had a TPK last night and uh, we just owned it. It was absolutely crazy. And I'm not talking about uh, like everybody got dropped. I'm talking about everyone was slain. <laughs> We're talking dead characters, all three of them. So... Uh, if you're facing something like that this weekend, then just, you know, keep your chin up and, uh, you know, keep it real and don't steal. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. So, hey, everybody, I'll see you on the Internet. Lots of fun things coming up. So stay tuned and may the uh, wind ever blow at your back. <laughs>